Hey, hey guys, this is John Dean coming at you from another episode of Nomad Happy Hour. Today we are still here in Craggy Wash, Arizona, uh, over here in Lake Havasu area. Today we are meeting with the Stewarts, which is also Hunter and Carly. Uh, their Instagram handle is the Stewarts Schoolie, so if you guys aren't following them already over on Instagram, head on over to there. They also have uh, YouTube which YouTube is the Stewart School also. Yes. So head on over to YouTube and follow their channel on YouTube. You guys get to see all their stories and all their travels, where they've been. So guys, how long have you guys been on the road for? We've been on the bus for six months. And before that, we had a camper for a few months and decided we wanted a schoolie instead. Uh, when you guys moved into the schoolie, how did you guys decide like your make, model, size? We definitely wanted a flat front bus um, to utilize the space, um, and we knew we wanted the diesel, so it actually kind of fell right into our lap. Um, a buddy of mine had a friend who had a, a school bus service, and so we went over there and looked at the lot, and there were like three or four flat fronts to choose from, and we picked the one that best suited our needs with the lowest miles. What make and model is your guys' flat nose? We have a 2001 Thomas with the Caterpillar engine. Roughly how many miles are on it now? Now 196,000. And of course for diesel that's like nothing, right? So you guys will be able to keep traveling in this for long periods of time? Yeah, it was actually pretty cool. At the um, at the place where we got the bus, they had two identical buses and both of them had uh, 400,000 miles on them. Wow. So it was pretty cool to see that and know that we hopefully can get that much more out of this one. What kind of condition were those 400,000 rigs? Still in really good condition. Um, they had a little bit more rust because they've been on the roads longer and up in uh, up in Maryland where we're from we don't see a ton of snow but there definitely is more salt than out here out west so yeah they, they were still really good but not as good as this one. When you were looking at uh, rigs talking about like the salt conditions that's one thing that a lot of people over here in like the west coast they don't ever really think about what is some of the things that you were looking for when you were looking at your rigs to to know that they were in those kind of conditions you basically have to crawl underneath and look at the whole underside of the bus with the frame, the suspension, the axles, um, and really just make sure you don't have any rust holes or hidden rust in different spots because that will come back to bite you in the long run. If you're going to convert a rig, you definitely want to make sure you have a solid one to start because you're about to put a bunch of money and time converting. So it's definitely worth it to go south in the country or out west where they don't use salt or they don't need to use salt and get a rig down there and then drive it back home. It's worth it in the long run. Really, it was definitely a good you know sense of mind to have a rig that's not in all those salt conditions yeah, you know having, sure. having a rig where you know that's not going to maybe break down or have rust or anything like that mm -hmm. yeah the what he said about the other buses that had four hundred thousand miles made me feel really good about this one now when you guys moved into this rig do you guys plan on staying in this rig for like a longer period of time or is this going to be like your guys' first build and build another one the plan is to stay in it for a really long time. We're not planning on doing another build, so that could always change, but we're not planning on it. That's part of the reason we got such a big bus, because we're planning on growing into it. We didn't want to build a short bus for just the two of us, and then have to sell it and have kids, and then get a big bus, and then have to build it out. So we wanted to just start with the big bus, even though right now it's kind of too much space. So you guys already had in plan, like if you guys have kids or when you guys have kids, you guys can basically maybe pull out a couple walls or somewhere to put in a 
bad area for those kids. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We, we probably would just do a little bit of remodel and then have like a, um, like a bunk area or something for them. But yeah, we definitely have the length. We have a 36 foot bus. Um, so yeah, this is a ton of space for us right now. Mm -hmm. we, we really don't need all of it, but it'll be nice to grow into. I mean, just last week we had about a dozen people up in here. Yeah. Every time we go in shore buses, we're like, we could be in a shore bus and it would be easy. It would be like the perfect amount of space. But like I said, we didn't want to have to turn around and build another one when things change. So We were just talking about rigs a little while ago and you were saying, you know, go big or go home. But then also it's like you might as well build for what you're planning on in the future also so that way you don't have to multi-build. Mm -hmm. I mean, hell, we are we were just talking about multiple rigs and I'm thinking about putting up mine now so it's like this will be my third build in four well yeah four and a half years yep. and it's like you, you never really know what you're going to need in the future but if you can try to predict it a little bit it's definitely great so with that being said with Squilly Palooza being your guys' uh, first event that you guys went to what was your guys' reactions with that kind of event it's almost overwhelming how many people were there and just the vibe of everyone like everyone wanted the same things everyone was kind of just happy to be there and happy to be free and and be able to be there and then being in the middle of the desert and yet living the way that we do it's just amazing how big of a it's a little city that just comes out of nowhere in the middle of the desert. It's so amazing to see it, like, set up. Especially being there before it really started. It was yeah. crazy to, like, see no one there. And then it turned into hundreds of breaks. That's right, because when we met out here, you know, because we, we all met here in Lake Havasu beforehand, and then convoyed out to the original spot. Yep. And so you guys got to see that for firsthand. And then see the move, and then go through that to Ehrenberg, and then see that spot for the first hand. So, mm -hmm. for you guys being first time event people and you know, gatherings and stuff, that it just had to have been almost overwhelming a little bit. It was awesome, but awesome. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> but awesome. It was awesome, and it was almost even more special with the move because it's like to see the first location blow up and have all those people there and then at the drop of a hat have to break down and set back up in another spot like for the majority of people or the majority of people that we talked to it wasn't even a negative thing it was like it is what it is you just have to take it and, and move on and, and everyone then, thought it was awesome that there was going to be this huge convoy huge and it was convoy. like and it turned into like an excitement thing like 400 rigs just like yeah. getting up and going out to Ehrenberg and then seeing that that town like build up out of nowhere in the middle of the desert it was awesome mm. yeah some of the convoys that were coming in like five rigs but i think some of them we saw were like 20 rigs 30 rigs coming in at one time yep i couldn't imagine if somehow or another though we picked up all at one time and there was there was 400 rigs at the first location and to move 400 rigs all at one time that would have been insane but it was still insane that we were able to do that in 24 hours. Definitely. That was awesome. So would you guys say that you guys would go to more events? We definitely will. For do you sure. guys have any in mind in the future, or have you guys looked in, into any? The next one we're going to is Tiny Fest, right? Yeah, Tiny Fest in San Diego. In San Diego, and it's in March, so it's less than a month away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, we're excited about that. That'll be, that'll be cool. I think it, Tiny Fest, it'll be a lot like Schooly, but then also a lot a lot of more different types of builds. Mm -hmm. So, like, also just, like, Tiny Living and not just Buzzing. So, yeah, at Tiny Home, it's a lot of conversion people. It's a lot of different kinds of builds. There's definitely not the large parties, per se, like there is at, at Schooly. So I would not think of it that way, comparison. Yeah. Um, it is in a parking lot, and it, from what I hear, it's, like, caged in almost. Um, not saying anything negative about it, because every event is, is a different kind of feel. So we were talking about uh, Tiny Home Fest, and at Tiny Home Fest, there's a lot of uh, contractors, builders, there's people that are showing off their rigs, uh, telling people about their stories are you guys going to show your rig are you guys going to talk about maybe some some builds that you've done in the past what can they what can people at tiny home fest uh come to you guys about we'll definitely probably show our rig off um it was fun doing that with Lusa. um but i also do um off-grid electronics professionally for people um so we'll probably do, be doing a little bit of both of um showing off our system how i installed everything um and then actually a few people that i've done electronics for are also thinking about going so we might kind of try to power around with them but um but yeah try to trying to put forward our business of off-grid stuff and um, also showing off our build do you have any specialties that you want to talk about like in your electronics yeah so i can i basically can do everything from start to finish um most people they contact me and they want kind of a consultation to see how big of a system they need, uh, solar-wise and battery-wise. And then um, I'll kind of design a system suit around their needs. And then I go as far as installing the whole system for them with solar, batteries, inverter charger, alternator charging, um, kind of start to finish. So I, I can pretty much do it all. Um, I like to do just electronics. It's it's uh, makes more sense for me to do that. Um, most people kind of can build out the buses themselves, or uh, or have have someone that they know that can. But the electronics portion, um, a lot of people don't know a whole lot about it. Um, so it's nice that um, my experience um, before I started into the nomad community kind of transferred perfectly over to to off grid living and buses and vans. So it doesn't sound like you just do the electrical installs. It sounds like you do some informational stuff too, like maybe you know phone calls or writing up schematics on wiring for others to be able to do to do their own builds too. Definitely, this community is so DIY, and the biggest th the biggest wealth is knowledge. So like being able to just have the confidence to be able to call someone and know that you're doing the right thing or be able to follow a set of plans to be able to do it yourself. A lot of people, they just want um, my experience with the marine industry uh, before building our, our bus. Um, I did um, professional electronics with sailboats and yachts um, for eight years, and that perfectly transferred over for buses and vans. Um, so a lot of people, they just, want, um, they just want to know they're doing the right thing. They want the system designed for their needs, and then they kind of want a helping hand and a, and a person to call when the questions come up for while they're installing. It's pretty good knowledge for to, to have out here in this uh, community. You know, there's a lot of people out there, like you said, that can do their 
their hands-on portion of it. But a lot of people do not know how to get past that that mental side of the electronics. I mean, I know when I first started, you look at that kind of shit and it looks like a plate of spaghetti. I mean, it it, it doesn't make sense at all. And it's taken me four years to even try to try to make sense of it. How to plug it even positive to negative and, you know, or not positive to negative, but positive to positive and negative to negative. See, I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing here. So, Carly, do you have a job or income that you are working on or that you are looking towards uh, to do while you're traveling out here also? I'm currently applying to online teaching jobs. I taught in person for a few years and then because of COVID, I taught virtually for a year and a half. But I couldn't stay with my school system after um, becoming a nomad. You had to live there to stay working there. So now I'm looking for the remote version of what I was doing before. <laughs> and how is that going for you? It's going okay so far. Um, I've applied to a bunch, but online, um, it seems like everything I've been applying for, there's like thousands of applicants. So I think after COVID, after people got to work from home, for a short period of time, they realized maybe not everyone, but people like me are like, this is awesome. I want to work from home forever. So everything I'm applying to has tons of applicants. So hopefully something will work out. Um, but I think that's also like really common right now with teaching is after teaching in person and then you teach online, a lot of your like 75% of your job is behavior management and then, and then once you're teaching online it just turns into just to teach mm -hmm. so I think that was the draw for a lot of the teaching jobs so a lot of people are going for them right now but hopefully one will work out and then um, I do all the editing for our YouTube videos and I'm hoping that'll turn into some sort of income even if it can just pay for like groceries and stuff um, we've been doing that for four months now we have okay. 20 videos out we just made a hundred dollars nice <laughs> i was really excited about that because it's like you spend you guys are monetized mm -hmm. i question that because that's really quick actually for f you said four months on mm -hmm. youtube yeah. that's really quick usually it takes over a year to get all your followers and your watch times to get to get monetized so our first tour video which was the first like video i ever did really took off and that one has like 40 something thousand views and that's when it all turned to being monetized and all the other videos don't have views like that mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just that one but the issue with that one is and I think why like our views dropped off and stuff after it is because I was still learning how to video edit and the music is way too loud so it's hard to tell what we're saying okay so that was like the big issue with that one but that's the one that like sparked it the dead mm -hmm. took off and then the rest of them were like I got a lot better with video editing. I still have a lot to learn, but I got a lot better. But those are the ones that aren't getting any. But I, I mean, I'm just happy that we already made it there. And everyone we talk to says, like, just be patient. Just keep mm -hmm. putting videos out. You just have to, like, stick to it. Because most people eventually, like, it just takes up so much of your time. And then nothing really comes of it. So it's, like, hard to keep doing it. But we keep saying, though, even if it doesn't bring in much money it'll be like home videos mm -hmm. that we can look back on so and I enjoy doing it too like even it's been like four months of like I do it a couple hours every single day and I only made a hundred dollars but 
I like doing it though. It's home videos. It's, yeah, because it's our. It's just the stuff we're doing, and it's like our home videos, and it's fun to look back and watch. And it'll be cool if like one day we can show our kids that stuff. I was just thinking that. I wish I could look back on my parents' stuff when they were our age, and like just that would just be really cool. So, yeah, I would love for that to turn into like an income. But even if it doesn't, I'm happy it's to keep doing stuff. it just for the memories. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like the 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 videos that you do though that there's going to be definitely some followers coming i mean if your first video got hit like that i mean mm -hmm. don't get discouraged some people it takes years to even just get monetized yeah so now that you're already monetized now it's all a plus it's you don't ha i mean it's not saying that you don't have to work as hard mm -hmm. you don't have to work towards that monetization side of things yeah um i don't know if you've ever heard but a lot of people in the beginning to try to get monetized quickly any even just a month to two month situation they have to post a video a day so to imagine how much editing that you do and to do that much yeah i can imagine that yeah but a lot of us um have and love to travel with our, our companions that we've all been that we've been dealing here in the last uh five minutes trying to take a little break because these uh dogs are are barking at everything in sight but basically what I'm leading up to is, like, how would you guys feel if you guys didn't have these guys, though, with with you traveling? It's hard to even imagine life ever, without them. Ever since we started dating, we were, like, uh, whenever we have our own place, we didn't know what it was going to be. At that time, we thought it was going to be a house, but we were, like, once we have our own place, we're getting a dog, like, right away. So even then, we were just, like, going crazy. Like, we want a dog so bad. And we definitely couldn't imagine life without them, for sure. Because it's just such a big part of our lives. Have you had these two since pups? Yes. Yeah, both of them. We got Canyon. Um, Canyon was two months old, and we adopted him, like, three days before we left in the camper, after we had just finished converting it. So Canyon went from living in the camper to living in the bus. He never lived, like, in a house. He was already used to it. And then... Um, summit we got at three months old a month before we finished the bus build <laughs> they're like yeah we're bored <laughs> will someone just please give us some attention yep. huh there's some good boys though <laughs> since you guys been traveling i know you guys been to a lot of uh pretty cool places it seemed like through your guys's instagram posts uh something i like to ask a lot of our guests is what would be your guys' top three places that you guys been to so far? We always say that our two favorite states are first Colorado and then Utah. That's what we always say about, like, states. Um, yeah, I think it's hard because there's so many left on our list that we want to explore. And I know our list will change, but so far... Uh, Colorado up in the Rockies is like definitely high, high, high on our list. Rocky Mountain National Park. Yep, um, and it's just so beautiful. You can't, you can look any any direction, and you're gonna have a have an amazing view and see all a ton of wildlife. And then there's a ton of um, options for camping, free camping out there. Um, but then at the same time, the locations in Utah that we've been to, uh, like near Moab, um, I love going off road on dirt bikes and jeeps and stuff. So that's just like the biggest playground of Red Rock um, mm -hmm. and same type of thing. It's just a total different landscape, not very far from Rocky Mountain, but um, 
like a total total different world but but yeah I think between Rocky Mountain National Park and and Moab Utah those were kind of our our top top of our list right now but we haven't been to Glacier yet so we're really excited to go there and a lot of people we talk to say that after they go there it's their favorite national park so we're curious to see if that's going to change our minds about our favorite and then we haven't really gone into Oregon or Washington and our plan is to be there um, early spring or summertime so we're really excited oh my god you guys are gonna love it yeah I think we're gonna have new favorites or it's just gonna be way up there too after we go to those places because we really haven't yet do a lot of exploring guys Yeah, there's a lot of things to see a lot of things I mean I've, I've stayed in Oregon on and off probably the last three years and I usually do anywhere from two months to a year that I've stayed there at the longest and there's so much more stuff that I haven't seen um, a lot from the coast definitely if you guys are you know mattering on when you guys are going to be there and stuff you guys are already going to be on that coastline of San Diego when you guys get to Tiny Home Fest so it's almost like start taking that 101 trip straight up I mean hell if you can afford the the gas prices yeah. over in, in California. <laughs> yep. But if you can do it, definitely do it. I would. Uh, that would be a perfect timing, actually. Do San Diego slowly all the way up the 101, start making your guys' way up north, and then cruise into, like, Klamath Falls, and then Klamath Falls basically into... would. That'd be awesome because it would flow you guys right into the Umpqua National Forest, and there's tons of hot springs over that way, and... It's just, it's beautiful. <laughs> Waterfalls and rivers, and it's not the desert. Yeah, we're really, really, really excited to go there. We've been on the California coast. We have never experienced it together, but separately, we've done the California coast, but we can't wait to get up into Oregon and Washington. So keep in mind, when you guys get there, a lot of people forget they end up coming from Arizona, from the openness of the desert, and we all count on solar. Mm-hmm. And we all come into Oregon and Washington where there's tons of trees and we wonder why we don't have that much power. So just remember is that you don't get very much sun out that way. Yeah, Yeah, we're we're pretty set up with what we have. We have, we we charge off the alternators so we're planning on Mm -hmm. when we drive places we'll get there and have full batteries. And then also we have generator backup if we need it. So yeah, we should be okay. But yeah, definitely something good to think about with, with uh, with that area. A lot more lakeside camping there. We're looking forward to that. <laughs> Maybe I'll end up seeing you guys up that way. I'm sure we will. Did you guys do a lot of camping before you probably met, maybe? I definitely did not. Oh, okay. Um, I did a lot of hiking in college, but only in Shenandoah. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's a totally different world once you leave um, the East Coast. Shenandoah was, like, two and a half hours from where we lived, so that was the only real hiking I had ever done, but I really fell in love with hiking. I had never been out west before. There were so many places in the U.S. that I had never been, really. We would, for family trips every summer when we were off for school, we would go to Ocean City and Astigue Island, which is just still in Maryland. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a cool place, but I had we would just do that every year. So, like, didn't go camping and didn't really go out any further than like Maryland, Virginia, or occasionally Florida. Um, so I hadn't been many places, but once I fell in love with hiking, then I really, really, really wanted to go hiking all over the place. That's why when we first started dating, it was on our first date, 
that I told Hunter um, when I graduated college I wanted to go on a cross-country road trip and just like see all the states and then he was like let's do it we should go together <laughs> on our first date <laughs> and then first date it was like talk a year about moving fast there bud yeah <laughs> and then it was like a year later that I graduated college and we ended up doing that trip um but yours is your answer is different because you had been some of those places yeah I got lucky with with my family when I was younger um my parents took us on a bunch of trips out west uh we went to all the major national parks in the in the midwest um, and a bunch in California. Um, and then we actually also got to go up to Alaska and see a bunch up there too. So it's, it was really cool. Um, but seeing it, seeing it through different eyes now that I'm older and seeing, being able to be with Carly as she's experiencing it for the first time, it's like, it's a lot more special because I appreciate it more. Um, and then there's still so many more that we, that I haven't seen that I'm excited to go to. Um, but yeah, our, our big plan is to go kind of from here, go to Tiny Fest, then go up to Montana, Idaho, Wyoming, go up see Glacier, come across, go into Washington, spend a bunch of time there, down into Oregon, then down down through California. Um, but, but we want to... Thanks, buddy. <laughs> we want to go up to Alaska. He sounds like he's excited about that trip. He does. He, want, he wants to get moving out of this dry climate. And we can't wait to go to Alaska because, like Hunter said, all those trips he had been on before um, was when he was, like, middle school or early high school age. And I've never been to Alaska, and I'm, like, dying to go. So a lot of that depends on, like, the border stuff with COVID and all that. But whenever it opens up and we can go for travel purposes, we're definitely going to go. We wanted to this summer, but if it doesn't happen this summer, then maybe next summer but i can't wait to go to alaska yeah we're definitely looking forward to it That's yeah. gonna be awesome. so usually at this point in the episodes i like to ask my guests is to give out a little bit of information to newbies that are coming out on the road uh, maybe something that you guys have learned since you guys have been out here that you guys haven't learned online or some pointers of what to do what not to do kind of things to some of the people that are first coming out I feel like my biggest thing is just do it just don't keep making excuses don't keep setting time timelines or when you plan making plans just go out there and, and get on the road and go do it even if it's just starting out as like short trips like just being able to experience it and like dip your toe in it and really like start like meeting people in the community you'll fall in love with it and and you'll never You'll never regret it. You'll, you'll only move further into it. Um, Pretty much everyone we meet says that they wish they had started sooner. And we always say that we wish we had started sooner. So, yeah, like Hunter said, just go for it. Well, maybe nowadays, because we're seeing more of the younger generation doing this, it is going to be a sooner thing in people's lives. Like, I mean... I, I haven't mentioned this in a while, but I would love to see as kids like graduate high school and just literally go straight out onto the road yep. and maybe take mm -hmm. a year or two years and go figure out their, their themselves or figure out what kind of people they like to be around or what kind of things they like to do before just jumping like right into college and, and not knowing what the hell they're going to do. Yeah, It's the best time to do it because you have the least amount of responsibility you'll ever have in your life. You don't have to put your two weeks in at a job. If you're coming right out of, out of high school, that is the best time in your life to go 
and experience it and truly find yourself and, and figure out what direction you want to go in life. You can always, you can always, worst that happens is you, is you change your mind and you go get a job and settle down somewhere. The best, to hap- best thing that to happen is know that you tried it. I'd almost rather start off in this life and leave it than start off out of this lifestyle and have to drop everything like a home, a career, possibly kids, possibly a wife. You know, like some of these people, they leave literally everything behind to come out and live this lifestyle. Yep. And unfortunately, there are some people that get forced into this lifestyle too, which, you know, thankfully enough, a few of us have not had those, had those times in our lives. Yep. Alright guys, well that was another episode of Nomad Happy Hour. Thank you Hunter and Carly for coming by and being on Nomad Happy Hour. I know we're over here struggling with Canyon and Summit, the two pups over here. They're getting a little anxious, they want us to turn this thing off. So we're going to end it here. Thank you again guys for coming by. Tune in every Friday for another episode. Keep the rubber side down. Nomad's out.